0: We talk about on the show all the time that we don't like to predict uh, one. If you get it right, nobody really remembers too much. Number two, if you get it wrong, everybody remembers. That's why I think we come from a great position to talk about this because college game day got absolutely thrown into the trash compactor by the Auburn football Tigers. And uh, this was beyond just, Hey, you all picked this to lose. Ha ha ha. There it is. Like, this really, really fed into the team in the game, and I, I, I was pretty stunned by that last night.
1: We love it when things are taken personally, uh, if it benefits your team, that is.
0: The rule of Jason Kirk is never pick the same team. If you are on a pregame show or whatever, not everybody needs to pick the same team because it's too easy. The graphic says all of it across the board hey, we think you're going to lose. And in the case of College Game Day, Ole Miss was that way, which is fascinating to me for a number of reasons. The first and foremost being, uh, and I think Jason himself put it out on Twitter, he was like, why in the world would anyone be unanimous on anything involving an Auburn-Ole Miss game? Considering these two teams, considering how they are, considering the amount of weirdness that happens, no, we're all on board. This exact thing's going to happen. This the result is is you know clearly defined here. And then you take uh, that
1: out of the equation, and you look at a home team coming off of a bye week that is favored by Vegas.
0: Yeah, that was the other one. Like ESPN's own FPI, you know whatever that means. The 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 one thing that they're trying to use to screw already screw Cincinnati out of the playoff said you know that. This is uh, you know this is a game that Auburn should win. Auburn's at home. They're coming off the off. Like I said, these are two very evenly matched teams, and in this case, it, you probably favor it that way. So for the whole crew to go, Ole Miss, you know, and, and this is something that started early. I think it was Caleb Jones at the Plainsman who first put it out on Twitter, and he's like, took a screenshot of the, of all everybody going uh, Ole Miss. Uh, it started early. Zacoby McClain posted on Instagram. He just posted the screenshot and just put bet underneath it after the game. Not only did the official account get involved in it uh, by saying that they kept the receipts, there was—I mean, I have a—I have a—a uh, a list. I have a list on TweetDeck of just Auburn accounts, and so like after the game, there were so many popping up. It was just kind of a constant scroll of all these players. With the screenshot from Collins' game day, laughing at it, making fun of it, and you get to that point, and you're like, "Oh wow, okay, so they noticed and they understood, and okay, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting uh, case there." And then we get into interviews, post game. One of the questions was posed to Jalen Simpson, who, by the way, had an incredible interception of Matt Corral uh, in the end zone. The question was posed to him, "Okay." How did you how did you guys make it work on defense? I actually believe it was my question. I, I believe that you got this one. What was the mindset of the defense? What was the mentality of the defense? This is an old Miss offense that keeps coming at you. They're going to go for it on fourth down. They are balanced. They are explosive. They're one of the best in the country. And he said, honestly, I like to say it was what we saw on College Game Day. And then he went on and started talking about the adjustments, uh, you know that that Kevin that Kevin uh, that like, Wow that Derek Mason made. You know, he started talking about the adjustments. He he also had a quote where he was like, "You know, we noticed that they were going to run Matt Corral until his uh, his little leg or ankle fell off," which I thought was a pretty funny quote. I think Auburn was a little irritated uh, by the uh, the amount of uh, injury stoppages uh, during the game. Man, Corral! I they pop, they they must have popped that 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 ankle back in place and shot him up with some some really good stuff. I told somebody when he scored. Uh, on that Russian touchdown, I was like, "That man does not even know what planet he is on right now. He is he is running and he is you know tasting colors and and having a, having a grand old time." But uh, horse tranquilizer
1: well, for sure,
0: man. Uh, and he said, uh, "I was talking to an old Miss Beat writer who said after the game, he was like, last week, he said, yeah, the the uh, the the shot wore off in the second quarter.' It's like, okay, well, all right. So he said he said exactly that, you know." He said that uh, during the LSU game, I believe. Uh, anyway.
1: Johnny Manziel, I think, had a similar thing happen when Auburn played them in College Station in 2013. He could barely lift his throwing shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then he, yeah. he trotted into the locker, uh, locker room and trotted back out. And it's like, wow, you can use your shoulder.
0: Interesting. Anyway, so Simpson has that quote. And he says, yeah, you know, we were talking about it during the game. We saw it on social media during the day, whenever we have a break before heading into the stadium. Yeah, there, was, there were a few people, uh, and, and my Twitter mentions being like, why? why did they see it? Why are they watching college game day? And it's like, it's a long day. They, they're they not total radio silence uh, before a night game. Uh, he said, it's crazy because it's the same thing they did to us before the LSU game. A few times they were close to scoring, I kept reminding you guys about what they said about us on game day. Not one of those people had us winning. I just... I get what he means, it, feeding off a disrespect. Uh, you know, whatever it takes to be mo- to motivate you, go for it. But I, I do find it funny that Auburn, like in my head, Auburn's in the huddle down there, like between plays, or it's like, all right, guys, Lee Corso, uh, Kirk Herbstreit, uh, uh, who else, who else is Desmond all, uh, Howard, all, Desmond Howard, and whoever the celebrity picker was. They didn't believe in us. They didn't believe in us. We gotta prove them wrong right here. The guy and from the
1: Hangover.
0: Which oh, is not yeah, very was...
1: specific. The Asian guy from The Hangover. Ken Jong. Ken Jung, thank you. Because there's Ken just Jeong. a bunch of white people running around on that movie set, except for him. And he sort of steals the show. Uh, and he did have a also, little, he had a little moment on game day that, that got some laughs out of people.
0: Also played Chang on Community. Uh, wonderful, yes. wonderful television program. Um, Psychopath. Uh, just the image of Auburn being like, college game day doesn't believe in us. We're going after him. And it's like, it's just one show. Now, it is the premiere show. Uh, Somebody pointed out last night on Twitter, it's like, you know, a good amount of predictions for this game had Auburn winning. But it was the fact that it was game day, and it's the most notable one. Sorry to the Fox show. Uh, You guys will never get to that point. Sorry. Um, Roger McCurry after the game says, I I feel like everybody always looks down on us saying Auburn's not going to win. We're always the low guys, so I feel like it always hypes us up. Like, okay, it's nothing new to us. We just came out and play, uh, and play, and did what we do. That's what we did. We proved everybody wrong today. I bet they won't do that again, though. And it's like whatever works, man. Whatever works, whatever it gets, it gets you that extra motivation. And obviously, it was something that uh, something that Auburn, uh, Auburn's players uh, took to heart. And even though it wasn't. Even though it wasn't a tweet in reference to college game day, Panther, I hope you saw the best player tweet after the game on Saturday night, which was from Marquis Burks, who quote tweeted old Mrs. Twitter account replied with shark bait ah from finding nemo. the Auburn Observer Podcast, the weekend edition, the recap edition. We got a lot to talk about today. Justin Ferguson right here in Auburn, Painter, coming to you from Parts Unknown. Happy Halloween, Painter. Hello. Painter, are you a costume guy? Not really. So, a few of us on the beat are getting together tonight, one of the rules for us hanging out was we had to wear a costume and i am not a costume guy at all i have not worn a halloween costume i think since i was like five or six i think after then i was just like this 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 sucks i'm over it it has never Um, been a
1: a holiday that speaks to me which is i think of great disappointment to my significant other
0: well i don't like i don't like horror movies or anything of that sort i don't like dressing up i don't like you know i don't like doing any of that i do like candy though candy's great big fan of candy I had to come up with something this this uh, this weekend, and I've got it, and I think it's going to be pretty cool. I, I, I've, I've, I've put some effort into it. I think I'm making up for the last you know 20-something years of my life not putting any effort into this.
1: I'm not opposed um, to it. It's just that no. if you want me to do it, you're going, which isn't that unusual anyway, but you're going to have to do all of the work. Right. So right. I'm not creative, nor am I willing to attempt to be creative in the name of... Of Halloween,
0: looking forward to the candy being on sale on Monday though.
1: And see, time. I'm more of a uh, I will I will happily eat some sweets, but it's not the thing I go gung no, ho yeah. over.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. That is something. That is something about you that that's pretty unusual. Uh, yeah, sup- I don't know if it's, it's kind of surprising to me. Like, you kind of seem like a dude who would like candy. I don't know why. It's all over the place, kind of acts like yeah. a child,
1: a little hyperactive. You would think chocolate would be right up. my. And I do like it, again. It's just like, but you're, I not, but you're not a big candy yeah. or something salty, salty yes. all day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Captain Salty over there. <clears throat> so, happy Halloween out there for all of you who uh, partake in the holiday. If you don't partake in the holiday. Happy October 31st. So was this
1: game weird in any way? Because that was a big theme is that Auburn Ole Miss, the games, the teams themselves, some of the coaches involved, like weird things happen. And I, when okay. you think about the way this rivalry has generally shaped yeah. up in favor of Auburn, especially at home, it wasn't that weird.
0: That's the thing. It's like Arkansas, the Arkansas game, Auburn beat Arkansas. And it, I mean, you know, middle of the game didn't go their way, but they just kind of took care of business. It's an Auburn team that, like, it seems like they used up most of their chaos against LSU with the way Bo escaped and made those plays downfield. Maybe they're saving it up for the Iron Bowl, Please, which baby. is a which is a good time to do it. But like, I also think this is a team that's kind of shifting into Harson, the Harson era, where you know his his mo was going to be: you come in, you play consistently, um, you you take care of business, you do your job, all that stuff. And they did that, and they did that in this game. Auburn beating the Ole Miss Rebels 31-20 to um, for a game in which Auburn, I think Auburn fans kind of feared the worst throughout, especially the second half. Like, I personally thought the drama was a little low. I mean, the, the most they threatened, they, they came within eight. Uh, Ole Miss came within eight a couple of times. Auburn just never uh, put it away. They never put it away, which is against a team that, like
1: Ole Miss, especially, is frightening because they can score 10, 14, even seventeen points quickly.
0: And that's the thing is like you you you, you thought like heading into this game is like that's a scenario where it's like oh man this is gonna be this is gonna be a bad blow, you know blown lead or something like that and it and it didn't happen it just didn't happen Auburn gave up just twenty points to Ole Miss now Ole Miss helped them out a little bit by going for it on fourth down which they do. In situations where they could have kicked the field goal and it could have been a closer game.
1: Ole Miss message boards are a mess right now over those fourth down decisions. And I get it. I get why people are upset. If they get just one of those three, and they didn't get them, so that's what ultimately matters. But the entire complexion of that game looks different. I know everyone's jumping on Kiffin right now.
0: And that's the thing. I think if Lane Kiffin's your coach, you got to go the good with the bad, right? Part of the reason why his offense is so phenomenal is because they are aggressive. Like, no one's having a problem with Ole Miss when they're converting as much as they did on fourth down. But, you know, the the Auburn game and now the, and the Alabama game are both examples of like, okay, well, that might not always be the best. The fourth and seven one was the one I, I thought was like, man, even if you get it, uh, even if, you know, even if you get a good play in, like, that's not a guarantee that you, that you pull that one off. Uh, so they got one lo- of
1: four, Ferg, and I feel like if they had gotten one of those – other three that could have shifted the game
0: entirely. Well, we've been talking about EPA um, this year, you know, in the in the observations. And if you look at the EPA, four of the five biggest plays in the game in terms of raw EPA were, you know, plays from Matt Corral, the interception in the end zone, the three fourth down and completions, you know, the turnovers on downs. Because EPA to get another summary out there is like okay. In, at this spot in the field, in this current situation, here's how an average offense would tend to do. And every play you do makes you more likely to score more points or less likely to score more points. Um, and that is weighted and, you know, is a formula and all that that comes out and it just spits out, okay, how well or how poorly did you do compared to the average expectations of what happened? Every play matters. Every play builds up. When you turn the ball over on fourth down in the red zone or in scoring position, you are taking potentially three points off the board, right, and then getting nothing. So that, the EPA, boom, goes down. Now, the risk is there because if you get it and then you end up scoring a touchdown on that drive, that's a plus four points in in your favor. That's not how EPA works, but, like, that's kind of how it works um, overall uh, in in the general sense of things. Auburn, to their credit, we talked about it this week. They knew that this team was going to come at them on fourth downs. Auburn, two for two on on their own fourth downs in this game. Ole Miss, like you said, one for four. They got a turnover when they needed it uh, the, 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 the most. Uh, when it looked like Ole Miss was in a real good spot to score a touchdown or at least score more points to get back, you know, to make it a one-possession game again. I mean, it, it, it's bend, don't break, right? And even then I like even then calling it Ben Don't Break is, you know, a little bit different because Ole Miss, this is this is one of the this is one of their worst offensive performances of the season. And like there are Auburn there were Auburn fans that were irritated. I get it watching them move the ball, but it's like they moved the ball on everybody. The difference is is that Auburn did not let them score twenty points, lowest all season, lowest they've had in the Kiffin era so far. All right. This is the first time Matt Corral has not had a passing touchdown in the game since he became Ole Miss's full time starter. This is one of their worst rushing performances of the season. This is one of his worst passing performances of the season. Like, you played as well as you, I think, you could have reasonably expected against a, a team like Ole Miss because this Ole Miss offense outside of Alabama is just lighting everybody on fire this year.
1: Some context that I think people outside of Auburn's program have left out and something that I think even casual auburn fans who never felt confident in this game even while they were up double digits and part of the reason why it is I think that Lane Kiffin kept going for it auburn has a better team
0: yeah auburn was a better team in both phases of the game for most of the game right like in the stretch where auburn had its biggest struggles the 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 third quarter on offense Ole Miss, Ole Miss was doing nothing. It's easy Auburn's to forget defense. about all
1: that because Ole Miss has Lane Kiffin, because it has this great quarterback, because the offense is doing numbers. But Auburn is a more talented team, thus someone who's already aggressive on fourth down and knows he's going to need points is not going to be hesitant to go for it. And the the video of his analytics guy looking off into the distance on that yeah. one fourth down call, beautiful.
0: Just, just off in the middle. Because I feel like, like if you're buddy, reading body language,
1: yeah, I think if you're reading body language, even he's like, look, man, I know
0: this is your thing, but uh, maybe
1: not this one.
0: Yeah, and Auburn, and Auburn, I mean, they went for it twice on fourth down, got it both times. I think both of those decisions were really good ones. First drive, move the chains, late drive to kick the field goal, move the chains. But Auburn had another opportunity, fourth and two, all right, another fourth and short situation. They could have gone for it and tried to put the knife in. But instead, Harson looks up and says, you know what? We kick the field goal here. We're up by two scores in the fourth quarter. That's big. We'll go for it. You know, we'll, we'll take it. They get it. A little bit more conservative, but smart. Like a smart decision. And I'm all for going for it, right? I think teams, I think college football coaches don't go for it enough as they should. Also, they don't think they, they go for it for two enough as they should. But that's also you know, I, I also think I kind of have like NFL brain there because Anytime going two is go a lot easier. Anytime you go by two scores in late in a
1: game, though, whether it's yeah. whether it's by touchdown yes. or by field goal, that's generally
0: a smart move. And Auburn's defense in this game did an excellent job of not giving up the big play all too often. Uh, Ole Miss did not get a pe- play of 20 or more yards until the second half. They, then they got a few on them. The pace got them a few times. Stuff like that's going to happen. Moving. Oh, man. Zacoby McClain sat down, like, for his interview. And, like, it, it was before the interview started. And the other guys were in there kind of waiting on their turn for the, the Zoom. And he looked over to somebody just in there. He's like, man, they were moving. Like, they were going. And it was – it was, but it's that insight. And, and, look, Zacoby McClain had an incredible game. Uh, probably, I would say, one of his best games of his Auburn career. Listen to 14 tackles, 10 of them were solo. 10 solo tackles against a team like this who wants to make plays in space that is huge. He had two sacks in the game as well. Auburn's linebackers in general. Hey, Owen Papo's back. Uh, he had a good game. Uh, Ch- uh, uh, Chandler Wooten continues to to you know really thrive this season. And, and you felt better about Auburn like you've got a you've got an Auburn team playing an Ole Miss offense that that RPO look and the the balance they have. They're designed to put the linebackers in binds and Auburn's linebackers played like one of the best units on the field on Saturday night. And that was a big reason why they won this game. But yeah, man, they were moving. They were moving, moving. Auburn's defense did a good job of making sure they didn't have very many busts. There were some plays where guys got open and it was easy and they're moving down the field, but didn't give up the big play. Didn't give up the huge exposed plays. The running game. uh, I don't think Ole Miss had a run of longer than 15 yards in the game. I think, yeah, 13 Snoop Conner's touchdown was the longest the whole game. They didn't let him run wild on the ground, kept everything in front of him. And then when they got to fourth down situations and they got into red zone situations, it was like, all right, let's lock it in. Let's lock it in. Let's feed off this crowd that's behind us. Really good crowd, really good atmosphere, uh, as we thought it would be on on, on Saturday night. They made plays when it mattered most. And was Ole Miss a little too aggressive? Maybe. But there's something to be said of the Auburn defense because – they have been really good at stopping teams on fourth down this season. They've been they've been doing a much better job of keeping out t- uh, touchdowns when teams get into scoring position. And listen to this: this is a stat from uh, from friend of the program Nathan King. In the three SEC wins this season, their defenses allow one point two five points per drive. Only four scoring drives on twenty of them, seven punts, six turnovers on downs, and three takeaways. The adjustments. Painter, this was your bit of analysis during halftime on 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 Saturday. The Derrick Mason defense adjusts, and they and they do it once more, and they do a really good job of uh, of making it happen. There, a, a ton of credit should go to this defense. I mean, against against an offense like Ole misses, this is one of the best performances you could ask for.
1: It was beautiful. Auburn didn't play perfect in this game. That's what I think is most exciting about the team right now. Is there is a lot that was left on the table. Auburn never closed this game out. Uh, at least definitively. They, they held on and right. won by double digits. But there were opportunities in the second half that Auburn just didn't take advantage of. I thought when Auburn was up 14-3, they get Ole Miss off the field. Then Auburn goes three and out in the first half. Corral mm-hmm. comes back and scores. It's like, oh, okay, we've got something going here. Auburn turns the ball over twice. There was a lot about this game. Special teams, boy, not their best night. You Unless your name was Bible Oscar digits. Chapman.
0: Right, right. That's Oscar a Chapman. That's distinction. <laughs> Oscar Chapman kicked the crap out of that ball uh, uh, last night, but yeah, yeah. Special teams, rare bad game for Auburn special teams uh, when they have usually been the better. I say all that to say,
1: look, this—you're in a good position. Your team played far from perfect and still beat a top ten team by eleven.
0: Yeah, beat a top ten team by eleven points. Like that—that is significant. It's that defense where. Yeah, they're not, this is not a Kevin Steele defense. This is not a dominant defense. They're not at that point. They are learning a new system, or at least they're getting adjusted to a new system. But, I mean, Derek Mason said it after the LSU game. Is he at the LSU game or the Arkansas game? He's like, this game's about points. Like, keep them off the scoreboard. Yards are yards. Man, yards look good, and yards are what we'll point to, you know, when you talk about the best offenses in the country and – it's a, they're important, but the most important thing is just keeping keeping teams off the board. Twenty points—that's the lowest they've had under Lane Kiffin. Like you, when it comes to the main object, objective, you've done the best against a Lane Kiffin Ole Miss offense that anybody has done, including Alabama, although it was just by one point. I don't know I don't know what else to say about this armor defense but it's like that that's a really really good performance in a situation where you knew coming in that it wasn't like well, we'll just shut these guys down. Ain't nobody shutting these guys down. And you see how fast they play, you see how many weapons they use and I know they were banged up and I know Corral was was on cloud 9 and they're missing some key players on offense. I get I get all that. I understand all that, right? But you play with what's what what's in front if you're of the you. And trophy guy
1: though, if if yeah, if if you're Mr. Heisman trophy, you got to make up the difference and I know that we have a conversation to have about what's going on in Michigan state for that award. But yeah, if, if you're going to be up. talked up as one of the best players in the country, then you can help make up for some of those losses. And it's not fair of me to describe Auburn winning that game as holding on because even though they didn't play it perfectly. I don't yeah, know what I else thought, you could I, thought have asked drama, for I thought the if drama I thought the drama was win minimal. And they got the win.
0: Right, I thought the drama was minimal in this game, right? if you're a little bit more of the, you know, sky's always falling or, you know, something bad's about to happen at any around any corner type of fan, like, you probably thought Ole Miss was going to come back and win this game at, at different points. But, like, it never really felt that way. It, it just is like, well, Auburn's defense is playing at that level. Like, keep in mind, this this game was 3-3 three to three in the second half. Like that is absurd in and of itself. Like we talk about how this game wasn't weird or chaotic or anything like that. That's the weirdest part is that it was kind of boring after halftime in terms of like dudes didn't put the ball in the end zone. That's it. Um, The second half was the only or the second quarter was the only quarter where Ole Miss scored touchdowns and Auburn was able to match them and stay out in front in that game um, by 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 double digits. Like that. That is something that you have to take uh, take into account and say that is the type of game that you want to see from Auburn's defense. They are not a dominant, shut-you-down type of defense. At this point, maybe they get to that point. This was a game where you saw what Derek Mason was was built to do at Auburn. Change up things on defense, keep everything in front of you, don't give up the big plays, and against offenses like these and against a lot of modern, really good offenses – that should work. It worked against LSU. It worked, uh, you know, at, for stretches against Arkansas. Didn't work against Georgia, but I don't think anything's really working against Georgia right now. Uh, and it worked against, uh, and it worked against uh, this old Miss team. So, Painter, you were talking about how Matt Corral, Mister Heisman Trophy, you know, can and like, look, Corral's a great player. Don't I mean the fact that Auburn, you know, the fact that Auburn played played well against him doesn't take that away. But it helps if you're Auburn that you had your own quarterback play better than the other guy, and that is definitively what happened. Bo Nix was the better quarterback in this game. Bo Nix went 22 of 30 for seventy six. He ran the ball six times for 46 yards and scored twice. The only the shortest run he had was a five yarder. He all this happens, Vayner, and it's like, is it weird that we've gotten to this point where Bo had a game has a game like this, and it's like. It's really good that he's playing really good football but like it wasn't like this was like oh wow this kind of came out of nowhere kind of thing. It's like he just did his job and against this old miss defense doing your job is just a really really good game and you don't want to take it for granted I don't think if you're an Auburn fan because Nick's has not been playing this consistently well at any point in his career but it was he was 22 of 30 for 276 and like he had a few mistakes and that was pretty much it like he played a really good football game and it was like huh all right Keep it, keep it moving. And that's weird because this dude a month ago, we didn't know if he was going to be the starting quarterback anymore.
1: He's been playing the best ball of his career for a month now.
0: Yeah, it, going back to that LSU game where drops were an issue and he was under pressure a lot. And then the Georgia game, drops were very much an issue, but he was playing a lot better um, at that point. And then these last two games, Auburn's wide receivers give them credit. Give them credit. The wide receivers are stepping up and playing really, really well. I mean, Kobe. I know Kobe Hudson had the fumble, and that's tough. He was on a play that would have been a first down. Would have been a bit, I mean, it would have been in Ole Miss territory. It would have been the chance to get the dagger in there. But he had six catches. I mean, ten different Auburn receivers make catches, or I say receivers, targets make catches. That was 11 two weeks ago. He's just spreading the ball around, and it's like it's not super flashy, and it's not – You know, he had some really good highlight reel plays. The running was very good for him. I think, you know, Mike Bobo and Auburn got a little bit more strategic about using him in the red zone to run the ball. More 11-on-11 football, which is exactly what you want in there. I think it was something that Auburn fans have been wanting to see. It's just That's just a really good quarterback playing like he's capable of playing, right? And it's not superstar mode. It's just get-it-done mode, (laughs) I think, is the best way to describe it with Bo. But the wide receiver and the tie, wide receiver's tight ends running back should get a lot of credit. Offensive line should as well. Um, that's a really good old Miss pass rush. They got to him a few times. Uh, but on the whole, they did a good job of keeping him clean. They mixed it up on the line a little bit more. Killian Zaire got, got some snaps, um, you know, even though Troxel came back and started. I think uh, the, the guards rotated a little bit more. Somebody was saying that Council got banged up at one point He in the came game. off
1: the field at one point, but then I noticed him back out there. I don't know how yeah. long it was in between. They did that r- –
0: they do that rotation at guard, and they're still doing it because Harson and and company still want more competition there. Nick Brahms had a bad snap at one point. I think he came to the sidelines. That was said, honestly about
1: as fortunate as it could have been because it was, I think, early and a bad snap. But instead of him launching it past Bo, it just sort of almost hilariously just went like a foot and a half, and it was like, all right, well, I guess please don't do that again.
0: And Bo did a good job of making sure that wasn't a, wasn't a big loss, you know made something out of nothing there and threw it away. Um, I believe, I believe they were, people were telling me that Brahms on the sideline. you could tell him, you could tell on the care, on the camera. He's like, ah, screwed up. And like, I wonder if
1: he realized like halfway through the snap, cause it was such a weak snap. Like, Oh, I'm
0: not supposed to be doing this right now. It's like, yeah, that's not, that's not where, that's not what we want at the moment. Yeah, Um, Bo's
1: playing the best ball of his career, but also he had some misses. Like I said earlier, Auburn won this game by double digits, was in control most of the game, and yet there's still a lot out there that you go, a throw here or there, Bo, in this game, you're winning by three touchdowns.
0: Brandon Council said it after the game. He said, we got to do a better job of finishing on certain drives in certain certain situations. Uh, Can't leave points out there on the board. Uh, we got to get better. We got to get better. It's like, that's a good mindset to have. So most defense is not very good. Right. Um, like they're going
1: to play a Texas A&M
0: team that has every bit, if not defense. a little bit more
1: talent and is just statistically
0: better. Yeah. Just a statistically much better, much better football team than, than what you saw on, or especially on defense than what you saw on Saturday night. And then it's tough to say this because, you know, we're already what 34 minutes into this podcast almost. Tank time. Let's talk tank, Tank Bigsby looked back. This was the game. It kind of felt like, you know, kind of the the the, the ultimatum for Auburn's run defense. Okay, well, if you can't run against these guys, you've got some issues. Uh, Ole Miss is not a good run stopping team, and they play you know three man fronts a lot. They're a little bit lighter in the box most of the time, and lo and behold. What does Auburn do? They let Tank Bigsby go to work in this game. 23 carries for 140 yards. Those are season highs, both for him. He had a he had an over-the-top touchdown, uh, which was a good read by him. Runs the runs zone. Everybody else goes low. He says, you know what, I'll just take it over the top. And scores, he said it was something that he hadn't done uh, since he was a junior in high school. He had four carries for double-digit yards. Had a couple more that nearly got to that point. Jarquez Hunter had some good runs late late in the game, you know, to salt it away. But it was very telling. I think, look, Jarquez Hunter's a really good running back. I think Jarquez needs more blocking. I think he needs a little bit more of the lanes to get through for him to make his kind of big plays. I think Tank's a better tackle breaking between the tackles guy at this point in his career. And that's, I mean, he's a year older. Tank was breaking tackles again. He he looked like his old self. That is a big type of performance that you can carry into these next couple of games because you know, A&M state not complete pushovers at all in fact a lot stout and, and, and for A&M's case stiffer up front uh, uh, against the run yeah Tank I mean set the tone set the tone in this game uh, in the first had a huge first half and that was a big reason why all were won
1: when you look at just the amount of carries they gave Tank I think that's telling
0: yeah Yeah, it it was. It looked like they, you know, really trusted him and said, you know, you're the guy tonight. And there were a couple times in the game where people thought they, in second half, was like, oh, where's Tank? Why aren't they running with Tank more a little bit? He finished with 23. I think it's kind of like the Penn State game again where it's like you want to make sure you don't overload him too much. It wasn't really working for Hunter until the the end of the game, and credit needs to go to Jarquez Hunter for where – you don't have a great game, and then you know you make two of the biggest runs to end it when it mattered. This is a run blocking team that was more consistent overall. It was against weaker competition. There's still some issues and some consistency that you want to kind of clean up. But I mean, this is another example like the like the Arkansas game, like the LSU game. Auburn gets into the fourth quarter and they have not you know against Arkansas and against LSU. It was kind of the whole game kind of stuff that they hadn't done a good job running it. They go into the fourth quarter against. Ole Miss, and they had had a rough third quarter, and it's just like, well, we're going to run it. We're going to keep it going. Let's just let's just see if it, we can make it happen. And the fumble hurt them because I think they were driving, you know, with the Kobe play. Um, but, you know, end of the game, get some first downs and salt this one away, and they were able to do it. And the, the run blocking stepped up. I thought the tight ends played remarkably well in this game. I thought Luke Deal and John Samuel Shanker were, were doing their best to bury some guys on the perimeter it's a total team effort, right? You know, we can talk about how well Bo Nix played and we can talk about how well Tank Bigsby played, but the guys in front of them, the guys around them have to do their jobs as well. To your point, Painter, both of them, like, they, they left some opportunities out there. I mean, Auburn's offense left some opportunities out there and they still scored 31 and they still felt like they were in control pretty much all game long. And that's... Got to be a good sign if you're Auburn because you're not hitting your ceiling yet as a team. You're not anywhere close as a team because this is what game eight in in year one under a, a head coach. More importantly, though, this is this is an offense that can continue to improve and get better. And you're about to hit a November stretch where you win your next three games and you could be playing for the playing for the SEC uh, West title. You know on Thanksgiving weekend. This
1: season is one beautiful crescendo right now.
0: The the type uh, you want to be playing your best ball at the end of the year. That was always the Malzon thing, right? We feel like we can get better every week and you know that's that's the you know those are the teams that usually do the best down the stretch. And that's the thing. It's like Auburn blows out two games, two teams early in the year. They go to Penn State and they say, okay, well, there's some things we got to work on. Georgia State, oh yeah, there's really some things we got to work on. You play LSU wasn't pretty at all times, but you get a win in a place where you hadn't won since '99. You play a Georgia team that you know what you had your opportunities. It wasn't like you got completely blown off the field in that game. You actually threatened to score um, more than once. Hello, Florida. By the way, we're, we're we're gonna have to have a we're gonna have to have a a, a serious discussion about Dan, Dan Mullen at some a point. Dan that Mullen
1: segment on the Auburn Observer podcast. You beat Arkansas away from home
0: by double digits, and now you beat Ole Miss at home by double digits. This team is starting to rise, and now they need it ne- this next week because a and I think, a and a better team to me than Ole Miss is just because they're more balanced and they're more talented. They're playing at home. Auburn benefited from the off week, right? They were the much healthier team. They were the much fresher team. A&M's going to be coming off their own off week, so we will see how that goes. State, big win for State last night against, against Kentucky. Uh, did you see the Will Rogers line last night, Painter? I did not. Okay, so uh, real real quick sidebar here: Auburn plays Mississippi State in a couple weeks. That is, you know, the air raid passing attack. Will Rogers sets the SEC record um, for completion percentage in a win over Kentucky. Uh, they beat Kentucky thirty-one seventeen. Will Rogers thirty-six of thirty-nine through the air for three forty-four. That is a ninety-two point three percent completion percentage. That is the highest in SEC history. With a minimum of, I believe, twenty-five or thirty pass attempts, so State's playing better ball right now. South Carolina exists; Um, they're there. Auburn knows that they can't, you know, overlook them by any means, but they also don't have a J.C. Horn playing for them this year. And then it's Bama. Like this is setting up pretty well. This is setting up pretty well for the Tigers right now. Like this, we said this two games. We said the three game stretch with. Arkansas and Ole Miss and A and M coming up were gonna was gonna really define the season for Auburn. First two, check, check. And you and you win both of them by double digits, thoroughly covering the spread and making people on at college game bay look foolish, which I guess is, is, is a very big motivating factor for this football team.
1: Auburn fans doing some good work, the Lord's work in the right. mentions of the official Ole Miss Twitter account. Good job, everybody.
0: Yeah, so I was gonna keep track of that a little bit more like the basketball team this year, and I have I've been neglecting my duties. But Painter, you uh you you spent your week leading up to this game talking about and and reminding everyone that Auburn just beats Ole Miss at the end of the day. I kind of feel the same way about this Arkansas. And now do I think Arkansas and Ole Miss are both programs heading in the right direction? Yes. I like their coaches, they're in their second years. They're in better spots than they have been with, with who's in charge. At the end of the day. Auburn is Auburn and Ole Miss is Ole Miss and Arkansas is Arkansas. And I say all that to say this. When Auburn is having a decent season, they just beat those teams because they're better and they usually play cleaner. And I think the two games of this, there have been some memorable Ole Miss and Arkansas wins. Maybe not Arkansas. You know, Gus just said we're going to put Arkansas in the dirt pretty much every year. Yeah, that the they Arkansas
1: them. win they had over Gus was memorable because it was the only time they did it. And I believe it took three overtimes and like a similar theme. I think Auburn had like six or seven drops in that 2015 loss.
0: And also like when Auburn beat Arkansas, it was like, they were much worse than they are right now, but it was also like, well, we're going to try to just beat you by a hundred points. Every time we play Ole Miss, you know, last year, this game comes down to a last second touchdown. Um, there's been some weird, I mean, not to speak of the, what happened in 2014. Um, there's been a number of games where it's just been weird and close. And you had that one in 18, 18- 18, yeah, it was eighteen where they went to Ole Miss and Booby had the run late. Booby had the run in the second half that kind of that kind of you know got Auburn going. And but in this one, it was just like no weirdness, no chaos. These are two teams primed for chaos, and I think it's just the sign of the Harson era. Was like, nah, we're not gonna we're not gonna get into any of that. And LSU was a win that was a little more chaotic, and maybe they're saving all their nonsense for the, for the Iron Bowl, which, like you said, Painter, is probably what you want to do. Um, but I think, you know, you're starting to see the stamp on this team from, from Ryan Harson, from, from Derek Mason and from Mike Bobo, man, what a, what a well-called game by Mike Bobo. I thought for the second straight week, there's just, you, you, you got to really like what, what Auburn's doing in that capacity.
1: It does feel like, and I'm getting ahead of myself here, but it does feel like Auburn is about to be in a similar position as Ole Miss. They might be the higher ranked team on the road against Texas A&M. We'll see. But Texas A&M does have a bye week. They're off. And so Auburn has a test in front of it. And if you're looking at the Brian Harsin era, as I talked about with this nice crescendo the season is having, the the trajectory that we're on, this is a big one. Can you beat a team that's probably a little more talented than you on the road and then be consistent against two teams that you're definitely better than, which would set you up
0: for a winner-take-all in the Iron Bowl? Before we move on, before we get to some basketball uh, because I know we want to discuss that, and and we don't want this to be a two hour podcast either. Um, I wanna I want to want to I want to issue a statement on 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 my behalf. Um, which is a dumb sentence because of course it's on my behalf I'm talking. I said during the game I tweeted like don't don't fake injury. I mean don't don't boo injuries like that. Don't do it. Like not great. And Auburn fans to your credit. Yes, you didn't boo when Matt Corral went. down, Even though that was a weirder situation. He was kind of limping and then he hit the deck. The thing about it is is that, you know, I, I, when you when you boo the guys that go down, it's like, well, what if they're actually hurt? Like you're not a doctor. You're you're coming from a, a a long way away. You don't know if they're legit or not. And then the game kept going, and I tweeted that early. I tweeted that early in the earlier in the game. the game game kept going and then you started seeing dudes hit the deck cramping up or in the case of the one defensive lineman for katie hill um just look around and say nope all right we're going down we're going down."
1: down said man this this field is nice and lush the turf crew does a great job i'm gonna take a nap
0: Keandre Jones's reaction to that is one of the funniest things. He looks like such a disappointed parent. His hands are on his hips. Hands he's just on the hips like, does it. Hands yeah. on the yeah. hips absolutely does it. So I get it. If you like, you see stuff like that and you're booing that, I get it. I understand it. Um, but you know, at my point in the game when I tweeted that I was like, guys, these people might actually be here. Then it became more of a theme. Then it became more of a theme, and it's like, all right, I understand. So I wanted to. Set the record straight there. I get it. Watching some of the replays and watching some of the guys hit the deck, I get it. I understand. If you saw that, I am willing to apologize uh for, for my stance there. I still think it's a little tacky. We don't I mean these guys go through a ton. We don't know what exactly is happening there from time to time. But yes, there were some obvious <laughs> examples near the end. And it was weird too, because like these guys were going down and it's like it's not like Auburn's playing up tempo. It's not like Auburn's doing the thing that old Miss is trying to do. It just happened. Wanted to wanted to get that out. Uh, some of you were, were upset at me on Twitter last night, and I get it. I deserve it to a degree. I
1: I mean it was the it was a lot of injuries in that game, and so I get why well, Auburn fans are like, "Hey, this is annoying." But there was a little bit of gamesmanship, I think, from Harson and company too at some points, right? Like they're like, "Oh, if this is the move, then we're you know when you guys are going fast, we might just have to stretch it out too."
0: Yeah, might might have to yeah, cramping, man. You know you know how it is.
1: Yeah, I don't really yeah. know what to do about it. This has been a conversation yeah. that's been taking place for years because it's like, well, you know, you don't want to say. I'm it. just saying, you can't, I you can't came say down, like.
0: Right, I, I probably came down a little too harsh last. Sure. Well, it was it was bad. an intense situation. But it was early.
1: I was I was impressed with just the shamelessness of Ole Miss, but honestly, very lame. And because Auburn won, I don't really care.
0: Wait, hold on, or our, are Ole Miss fans? You're retweeting this right now. Are Ole Miss fans claiming that the officials gave them that game? Yes, yes,
1: they are. We love an it. 11
0: point loss. Salt in my veins. You, oh my! Just be normal. Just lose. Good lord, you're Ole Miss. You should be like you should know what this feels like. Like just just lose the football game. Are we going to have another hype video next year where it's just like, we know who actually won that I game? I looked
1: for for a while. I was looking for one from Ole Miss, and unfortunately, although some good self-awareness on their media team's part not to do that, but they never did put one out showing Sean Shivers grazing the football last year, which he did. And by the way, it wouldn't have been great because Ole Miss would have scored that touchdown in twenty twenty. But there were still like five minutes left to go in the game. I don't remember exactly how long it was, but people act like there was three seconds left on the on the clock in that controversial call. Also, Ole Miss, you don't beat Auburn.
0: Yeah, it's, there were some penalties that were there were some penalties that went Auburn's way and some calls that went Auburn's way. It's like that's football. That's football. Like if 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 you think it's your job to to sit there and say, well, if if this one thing would have changed, would have been different. Like, come on. Also, it's like SEC officiating was in the bag for Auburn, okay, if that's your take. Ole Miss is a top-10 team. Ole Miss has lost one game. Yeah,
1: if you want to throw on your tinfoil hat, you could. It's like maybe the SEC is slanted towards teams with a chance of winning the conference. And, like, well, clearly right now that would fall down to Georgia and Alabama as your leaders in the clubhouse. But at the same time, Auburn and Ole Miss – both have one conference loss going into this game, so I don't know right. how it would necessarily serve the league to do that unless Greg Sankey's just got a futures bet out on the Tigers.
0: And I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't think that's necessary I don't think it's necessary bet, for him. Yeah. I think he
1: makes plenty of money.
0: Two more things before we switch over to basketball. One, put some respect on Kenneth Walker the Third's name. It's that a dude great is so name, much fight. I mean, when you talk yeah. about names, it's up there. Such a fun football player to watch what a fun michigan michigan state game if you didn't watch it just great i was glad that a oh, night game that was the early game that got everybody's attention i'm glad i got to watch that one because that was fun gus johnson at the peak of his powers uh mel tucker should be hired by somebody or given given a lot of more money by michigan state to coach their football team because he is very very good
1: gus johnson has the talent of yelling while he's talking Yes. It's not yes. intentional. He's not actually trying to yell. He just doesn't really seem to have an inside voice. The and best. he's so
0: easily excitable that it's it's almost adorable. The best. Also, want to point out, shout out to ESPN and the broadcast partners uh, throughout college football for saying, let's see how long we can make these football games. Um, the funniest example Dear was God. during the review of Kobe Hudson's fumble, they just cut the commercial. Three minutes on the clock. Let's let's get let's get it rolling. Yeah, I
1: saw y'all's tweets. you were like, call is confirmed. I'm like, why are we still in the middle of this insurance commercial?
0: Yeah, it's so stupid. Like, you're squeezing in all these commercials. Like, remember, let's get let's get back to what college football is. Yes, guys can make money off of NIL now, but it's not like NIL. It's not like you're seeing NIL commercials during the games, right? These are local and like more kind of low key kind of stuff like that. You're watching a ton of commercials for stuff you already know about and, like, you know, products you already are aware of, and you see it over and over and over again throughout the game. And it's like just, you know, this is a game of unpaid football players. This is a game of amateurs playing right now. And and we're like, Nissan, um, you know, we, we have to make it. Have you, have you tried the new brisket at Chipotle? Which does not sound like a great idea. I love Chipotle, but, like, you know, brisket takes time, and I don't know if you necessarily want to put that.
1: I've got my go-to for you at Chipotle. I'm not going to I'm not going to get crazy here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you you got the quadruple meat bowl ready ready to rock whenever whenever. It's, it's just it's silly and it's dumb. Shorten the games as much as you can. Like no one wants to sit there and watch and, and, you know stare at it. Like I I just I don't know. Doing it during an important replay review is just like we do not care about your experience. We have to. We have to sell this. The, sell this ad time. Sorry. Here's a commercial, uh, for State Farm that is painfully unfunny, and the creators of it, including the actors, should probably be thrown in prison. Like, let's just, yeah, Jake from State Farm, throw him in prison. I am. I am. I am all for it. He needs to be tried for his crimes. That's right. That's right,
1: Ferg. I like the direction you're headed in. You've got blood. You want it. Blood on your hands. I bet after the game with Dan Peck was phenomenal.
0: Live from live from Skybar Cafe. Yes. Yeah, have, 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 have I have I ever told? This is a conversation I had with Dan this week. I always find it funny that it's called Skybar Cafe. Oh, like, it's beautiful. The, cap, the cafe part of the name just cracks me up. It just it's it's hilarious. It is a and, little and it, it is a little touch that I think they got right. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, we're almost at an hour, we still need to talk Auburn basketball. So let us. Move on. But before we move on to Auburn basketball, we have to talk about our good friends at homefieldapparel.com. Homefield Apparel, your number one source for premium collegiate apparel. Ladies and gentlemen, you know about the good brand. You love the good brand. Uh, We love the good brand. We appreciate them supporting us. Um, Friends of ours for quite some time. And uh, looking forward to that continuing well into the future. The softest, most comfortable... Apparel you can find anywhere. Look, it's finally gotten cold. Uh, Auburn, Ole Miss was a was a cold game last night, first one of the season. People wearing the jackets. I saw some home field hoodies out and about. I saw the sailor hobby. I saw uh, some of the some of the crew necks out there. You got to layer up. You got to bundle up, and you can do it with home field apparel. They've got 1957 national championship shirts. They've got a a number of really good Auburn basketball shirts. Uh, some really cool retro designs. These are designs you really aren't going to find on most any other, uh, you know, apparel for Auburn football, Auburn basketball. It's the best way uh, to look good and support your team, homefieldapparel.com. And not only do they have Auburn stuff, but they have plenty of teams. I mean, they're the good brand's on a run right now. I mean, they, at this rate, they're going to end up covering everybody. And so any team, any college that you support, there's a good chance they have it on there. The big one for me, as we talked about last week, Last Tuesday, the Troy Trojans getting on the board for home field. Some great stuff. There's a white Troy State T S U logo with the silver helmet. That is what I remember Troy State being uh, when I first started watching when I was a kid. That run that they had with with Larry Blakeney. A lot of other teams. I think they dropped Cal yesterday. They're going to drop more throughout the year. They're going to drop more teams. Basketball season, football season. I mean, you, you know, they're they're constantly coming out with new stuff. And you're going to want to support uh, your team and whatever schools that are close to your heart by going to homefieldapparel.com. The promo code is Observer, fifteen percent off your first order at Homefield Apparel. Want to go ahead and get those orders in? It's our. It's going to be November uh, tomorrow uh, on, on Monday. Free shipping for any orders above a hundred dollars, and if you're doing it for the holidays, go ahead. Get it out there early. Supply chains, all that good stuff. you got to be able to be prepared for it. So that is homefieldapparel.com. Promo code is Observer for 15% off your first order with the good brand, homefieldapparel.com. Also, we want to shout out those of you who subscribe to the Auburn Observer, who are a part of the Inner Circle. You can be a part of the Inner Circle, too. $6 a month or $60 a year. Not only do you get... All of the written content on the site, like the observations, the film rooms, the mailbags. Again, $6 a month or $60 a year. Over 1,000 of you are part of the inner circle. We cannot thank you enough. Um, So if you want to join up with that, you can do so there. You also get uh, a premium podcast once a week on Thursdays where we preview the upcoming matchup for the Auburn football team. Listen to us talk about Auburn A&M later this week. That's the place to do it. At auburnobserver.com, sign up there and painter we know that not everybody who listens to this podcast on the weekends is in any uh you know financial position to support the show or you know what free content works for you you want to continue to listen uh, and we appreciate that because all of our all of the people who download and all the people who listen to the podcast are special to us as well but there's something you can do absolutely for free to give us a little bit of extra help if you enjoy the show. Tell them about it.
1: rate review, subscribe yeah, that's right. How about you rate us with five stars? You review us with the kindest of words and you simply tap the subscribe button. Let's get those numbers up baby.
0: Yeah, it's a big one if you are able, if you' are able to uh, to subscribe, we appreciate it um, and uh, a good way to get it, to get us uh, to help us out. I want to read a review, Painter, our newest review. This comes to us from also 9876, five-star review. Also says, number one, I do not plan on speaking to a non-subscriber ever again. That's the energy we want. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, we we really enjoy it. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, pretty good year one for Brian Harson. It's been a fun one to cover, the new start of the new era. Just around the corner, Painter. We've got Auburn basketball, Auburn basketball, the blue, the orange and blue scrimmage on Friday night. They have three games in the span of seven days coming up. They got an exhibition at Southern Indiana. Then they have their opener against Moorhead state. And then they have a home game against Louisiana Monroe. We got our first look a little up close and personal in a, uh, in a scrimmage environment, uh, a, a more of a simulating what's going to, what it's going to look like in games environment for the Auburn basketball team on Friday night. Did it feel like you were in the
1: presence of the best team on the planet?
0: No, but I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. This team is not at full strength, obviously. Alan Flanagan, good update on Alan Flanagan. He wasn't in a walking boot, and he was getting some shots up in in warm-ups. That's always a good sign if he can be back in about a month, month and a half. Would be huge for the Tigers of Auburn on the basketball floor. Um, and, and this team's still learning this team's still learning Bruce Pearl after the game after the scrimmage was not happy uh, uh this might be the time of the year to not be happy um it's better to I not be happy he sort
1: of goes right from being the mic man for this scrimmage to basically being like Nick Saban and just like we're no good at anything and by the way I hate these guys right now but we will get better because I love them
0: yeah it's 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 you know Bruce does a good job of going back and forth between that I want to point to a moment in the scrimmage where Auburn's at the under under 16 timeout. Um, The scout team is up like 10 to 1 or something on them. By the way, scout team, really, really good for a scout team. Uh, They got a Dylan Cardwell and a Stretch Akinbola because they don't have any size compared to, you know. It
1: is hilarious that there are talented players who are walk-ons, and that is not unimportant, by the way.
0: No, not at all. It was like I don't good... mean to make light
1: of it, but it is funny that Auburn basketball went from being so bad for so long to having good guys who are walk-ons.
0: Preston Cook, who is now a scholarship player, was on the scout team. By the way, dear old Auburn High, taking it to IMG Academy up until you know midway through the fourth quarter game, kind of turned on him, but was was leading uh, the With number less than number ten two minutes to go. in the country. Yeah, dear old dear old Auburn High. Shout mm. out to the shout out to the baby tigers. Michael Whitmore, uh painter, I feel like could be one of your favorite players. He is listed at 5'10, Pearl said he is 5'10 in stilettos. I played a stiletto pumps in the club yeah. Yeah. Was 4 of 5 from deep. 4 of 5 from deep, hit a buzzer beater. Um was making some good shots, some other guys uh in the, on the scout team were were making some plays. And Pearl, during the under sixteen timeout, he looks at everybody in the huddle and he says, "We play in a week, like that kind of like." I love All his All right, dude, I love. Are his you energy. gonna get it? Are you gonna get it? Together? I mean, it was three fifty five. It was like no, like not a little bit more than that. It was like four oh five into the scrimmage. He <laughs> was just like <laughs> letting them have it. Like, but that's Bruce, right? And Bruce, after the scrimmage, said, "You know what? I felt like defensively, we were not where we needed to be. The effort level wasn't there." I think my guys are just tired of playing each other. I think they were wanting to play somebody different. He said when they played against UAB um, in that closed-door scrimmage a week earlier, uh, the effort was really good. The energy was good. He was pleased with what they did uh, against the Blazers. This, not so much. Not so much. He said uh, the backcourt, the guards did not do a good job defending unless your name was Zep Jasper, uh, which is Seems to be surprising. a common
1: theme every time someone's talking about this Auburn basketball team.
0: And I thought the internal defense, the interior, um, I thought they played all right. There were some moments where you know, I had some breakdowns and whatnot, but I thought the rim protection was good, and and you know, yeah, you know, they did a good job. Is yeah, the guards, those those scout team guards should get some credit. They were making shots. They were they were making plays over them. But well, Auburn needs. I, I was it following
1: up. along with you, you know, you guys on Twitter and and quote tweeting a lot of things with Johnny Depp from Blow, and I noticed uh, quickly ten one. For the, uh, the walk-ons. Yeah. Good for them for getting a little lead on the old starters.
0: And they came back. And I think if you want to say the positives for Auburn is that offensively they had some really good performances. Defensively, as a unit, I mean, you have to defend as a team. Some, you know, you left some out there. You know, want, want, want to be better in that regard. But uh, Wendell Green... I mean, we've said it all off season. If you're looking for the second coming of Jared Harper, by the way, Jared Harper playing in Birmingham for, for your G League team, the Birmingham Squadron, um, an affiliate of the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, if you are looking for the next Jared Harper, here he is. Because you got a sub-six-foot point guard who is going to shoot it from anywhere on the floor, and he is not afraid to do so. Um, there were a couple times where Auburn got late in the shot clock and they just needed to put one up, and he pulled the trigger. Uh, some transition threes, really did a good job. I think running the offense in in you know in transition, he lobbed a lobbed a alley oop off the backboard to uh, to to Kessler, big throw down there for him. A big difference uh, between
1: this year and last year. I know we haven't actually watched them play a real game
0: yet. It felt like without Sharif,
1: it yeah. was tough for anyone to create for themselves. In, in a way, that's sort of a contradictory statement because really you're not creating for yourself if you have to have Sharif out there, this year it feels like there are a lot of guys who can get their own bucket. And I know our friend Drew at Orange and Drew on Twitter, big fan of Mr. Green.
0: Yeah, Wendell, Wendell played a really good game, I thought, on offense. He is going to be somebody who you can turn to to get a bucket. I thought Zeb Jasper played well on offense as well. He ran, ran the offense uh, when he had to come in for the one – Quiet night for Katie Johnson, but you know, coming off the bench, Auburn's starting lineup. By the way, in that that orange team that, that was uh, Wendell Green Jr., Zepp Jasper, uh, Devin Cambridge, Jabari Smith, and Walker Kessler. Which means that Katie Johnson and Jalen Williams and uh, and Chris Moore also were coming off the bench. That is when we talk about the depth of this basketball team. This is what we are discussing. Um, the I, I would I would also say you talk about get your own shot. Look, we've talked about him. We've talked about him so much this the this off season. Jabari Smith is just he's enjoy him. Enjoy him. He's only going to be doing this for a few months in the orange and blue Auburn fans. Like it's just it's just obvious he's at a different level <laughs> than anybody else on the floor. And Auburn's got a really talented team. And I think he's going to do that to a lot of teams this season. I mean, it's one thing to do against a scout team, but it was the way he was doing it. And then when they got into good-on-good situations, they played a 20-minute half of you know first guys versus scout team guys, and they did, mixed up the teams a little bit more, ran a four minutes where one team led by six, and then another four minutes where the other team led by six, and just, hey, play it out. Um, you know, play it play out the final stretch of a game. He was just getting a shot. He had a face up, caught the ball at the post and then turned around faced up and hit a jumper where it's just like All right, good luck. He's six ten. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. He's smooth uh,
1: and efficient. I think that was one of the things so that you smooth. pointed out was that it's not just that he can score, it's that he's smart or at least appears to be smart about the shot selection and how he approaches his game offensively. It's going to be a blast to watch I think him and Kessler
0: missed, work together. I think he only missed one shot, and it was a three-pointer. Um, he gets his shot. He passed well. He had a couple of really good assists. Uh, just a smart – could be one of those dudes where, kind of like Jalen Williams, where you if you give the ball to him out as that that fourth guard, he can go to work and, and make something happen uh, for your team. Yeah. Um, It's just a a smooth game, like you said. And and he has a jumper that might be the best on the team, might be one of the best three-point shooters on the team already. And he's 6'10". He has some post moves that he can go to. uh, But I think he is going to get some guys who aren't used to guarding dudes out that far or might not be used to guarding guys that quick off the dribble. And he is going to make them look bad. He is going to make them look bad. Early in the season, he could – Really, really blow it up, and he might not be a dude that's like I'm going to score thirty five a game, right? But it might be one of those games where you look up, he's like, oh, he's only missed two shots and he's got twenty something points. Like that's just the type of that's the type of player he is. And even if he's having an off night, which is inevitable,
1: teams are still going to have to hone in on him, which means life for everyone else is so much easier, as you already mentioned, or at least I know you did online. Was it a a pick and roll, a pick and pop? What what sort of motion did we have between Kessler and Jabari that you labeled essentially I don't think you use these words but unstoppable
0: yeah I just I, I don't know what you're supposed to do in a situation like that so Auburn kind of ran a I believe it was they kind of ran a top ball screen got Kessler up there and Jabari caught it coming up with the, with the screen Jabari caught it on the opposite high post and then when Kessler rolls it was just like you know Kessler gets it Throws it to Jabari. Jabari gets it right back to him, you know, coming back. Where it's like the defense, the inside of a defense has to be like, oh, no, it's the big guy who can score. And then it's like, oh, wait, there's another big guy who can score. And it's like, or you kick it out to Wendell.
1: You kick it out to Wendell. Or KD, I mean, like it seems like this team, Devin
0: Cambridge, when they, Devin Cambridge wide open and the Devin Cambridge and and Allen Flanagan are going to be so open <laughs> on it's kickouts be this year.
1: Hilarious. Yeah. I uh, don't know how long it's going to take for this team to start playing its best basketball and figuring one another out, so that all those tiny little things. I, it have won't to come be until together.
0: after Alan comes back,
1: right? And even then, like it's just going yeah. to. I mean, you know, we might be looking at a team that at some point in the year, it's like, how is a team this talented got? X amount of losses. Right. But I think it's also in the context of how deep the league is. And some of those teams not only have talent comparable to Auburn's, but they played together last year.
0: And again, like, you know, Pearl being so down on the team's effort level and defense after the game was telling, because I think everybody who watched it in the game was like, yeah, the scout team got off to a good start, but it's like, it's a pretty good show for a lot of these guys. I thought, you know, the, the newcomers at Kessler, Kessler hit a three. Kessler looked really good on both ends of the floor. Rebounded well, played good defense. By the way, Dylan Cardwell, who had another masterful performance Saturday night uh, in the student section. Uh, to one point, there was a part in the game where they showed a kid on the scoreboard and they showed Dylan. And the kid like ripped his shirt off to like challenge Dylan. And Dylan, I mean, and I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to call this kid out too much, but the kid looked like he was like you know, maybe nine or ten years old. Little like look like he weighed about like forty five pounds, and Dylan rips his shirt off and then begins to count out his six pack <laughs> like he's flexing. And does it on the, like like he's challenging the other kid. If Dylan
1: does not leave Auburn either a national champion, headed for a professional wrestling career or an influencer in some capacity, I will be very surprised. The, the man dream. is creating an audience for himself. He appears to be well on his way to becoming a very good college basketball player. And as you have already pointed out, fantastic opportunity for him to jump into the wrestling game. I think you've already given him a pretty good name.
0: Yeah, he's the American dream. He is he is he is Dusty Rhodes. He might be a little too animated, but Carwell Ton of rebounds. Jabari had a ton of rebounds too. Uh, because he also can do some of the six foot ten guy stuff in addition to doing the stuff that most six ten guys can't do. But yeah, it's, it was telling that Bruce was just like, Yeah, I didn't think we played well. And it was like everybody in that room was like, Yeah, it's a scrimmage. You got to see that you know, it, it was for the fans. It was an event for the fans. You know, Auburn volleyball got a got a bigger crowd. By the way, they got swept by LSU. is usually a really good team, but yeah, that Auburn volleyball team starting to turn around. I- I've noticed this year they've had a few, like, uh, SEC Player of the Week winners. Uh, but shout-out to Tatum Shipes, uh, who set the single-season blocking record for Auburn on Friday night. So that was a cool moment to see, you know, take advantage of the fact it's a home football weekend, get the crowd in there. You know, some people are going to be going to the Nm game next week. So, you know, good opportunity for them to to see the team. It was free. And yet Pearl came out and he's like, "Man, we play, we, we're capable of so much better." And that's what he said after the after the scrimmage too. He's like, "I wanted to show the guys. I was like, okay, this is what we look like if we play like this. We're just okay. Like, yeah, we're talented. Of course, we're talented. You know, we've got two gigantic dudes who can who can score. Uh, you know, this is rare for us. We've got really good backcourt play as well. Like, we're naturally going to be fine a lot of times, but it's like you can be so much better." You can be so much better, and this is the time of year to do that. You're in that last little stretch, and I think anybody who's played on a team before is like this. You get right before the start of the season, and your coach is just like, "If we keep doing this, we are going to be awful." Like one of those, one of those, like, "All right, guys, let's get it into, get it together." Kind of, uh, kind of, uh, you know, kicking the kicking the pants. We love pants, and we love kicking them.
1: And you know what? It's a deep league, so he's not wrong. The difference in oh yeah, the difference in losing. Two or three conference games and having a phenomenal season and the difference in losing six or seven, it's small
0: margins. Very small margins. And we will see what Auburn looks like uh, Friday night, Southern Indiana. Cool story, cool moment. His One of Bruce's best players ever that he coached is the head coach at Southern Indiana where he was once the coach uh, as well. And then Auburn plays Moorhead and Louisiana Monroe uh, following it up. Auburn basketball about to get off and running. Get excited about this team. They're going to be fun. They're going to be fun to watch. It's going to take some time for them to gel. I think their defense is going to have to really come together. They're they're going to have to learn. Not only are there all these new pieces in a new system, but I think Auburn's going to try to do some more zone and do some, do some things that are a little different on defense than what we're accustomed to seeing from a Bruce Pearl team. It'll take some time. It might not have to take a ton of time anyway because I think the natural talent of this team is going to – to really shine through the fact that Jalen and Jalen came off the bench in that, that scrimmage and played really well. And it's just like, that's a dude that might not even start this year. And he was probably your best player last season. Like that's, that doesn't speak to the depth and the talent of this team. I don't know. I don't know what does.
1: Not sure how many games Auburn will be playing in where talent is ever their issue. I mean,
0: it could happen
1: at at a few points against a team like Kentucky Maybe Uh Alabama or LSU, and then if they make it deep enough into the tournament. But there just cannot be many games where they are going to be overmatched in talent, which then comes down to all those funny things we laugh at that Pearl is talking about as the season approaches, like effort and defense, which, of course, do go hand in hand.
0: If you look at Kempom, there are only four teams Auburn plays this season that are rated higher than them right now, right now. And this is a team, remember— Auburn's a little lower on the list than people might have expected on things like Kempong because they don't have a ton of returning experience. They've got some dudes like Kessler, like some other guys that either played at a lower classification to talent, Zep, or, you know, didn't play quite as much last season, did not play starter quality minutes, Walker Kessler, Katie Johnson. Um, UConn is one of them. Uh, Bama's one of them as well. Kentucky is one. And, you know, Bama's coming off a much better year last season. Kentucky's one. And... um, Tennessee's one. Oh, Arkansas might be up there, too. I might have missed him. But, like, in terms of pure talent, I don't think any of those teams just are far and away. I think Kentucky is in just a different realm right now because they returned talent, and they were like, we're going to take all of the good transfers this year. And Auburn was still able to get Kessler uh, and, and guys like that. Um, so uh, it's, it's – when they get it going, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, again, even if they don't win the SEC or win the tournament or – you know, even since it's going to be a bloodbath, be you know three or four, you, know, you you know, just get. I think just getting top four in this league this year is going to be big. I think just getting that double buy in the SEC tournament would be a big accomplishment. They're going to be talented enough that if they're playing their best ball by the end of the year, we've already seen what a Bruce Pearl team can do with momentum in the in the postseason. Give me an Alabama sweep.
1: Give me a semifinal uh in the sec tournament don't need to win it don't even need to go to the championship just make it to the semifinals and then an elite eight for that's all i'm asking for oh, there's yeah. just a nat- three just, simple just, things
0: just give those just give the people what they want an elite eight you know just snap your fingers and if you do seem something to think it's that easy totally done fine, like twice. final
1: four final four
0: <laughs> yeah if you're, if you're that far you might as well get it done right it's kind of been my take. it's kinda of been my take on the Braves this postseason where it's just like, Hey man, they you know, they had a losing record at one in August, you know, made some good trades, have been playing really well. You know what, we're just happy to be here. And then you beat the Brewers and it's like, All right, well, we're just happy to be here. It's the Dodgers. And then, then you beat the Dodgers and you're like, Oh, all right, we're just happy to be in the World Series for the first time since nineteen ninety nine. Now you're up three one in the series, it's like, Well you might as well just win this thing, huh? You
1: might Our as well just go do it. Incredibly sweet boys are so very close.
0: <sighs> oh boy. So by very the time you're listening to this, by the time you're listening to this, you know, if you're listening on Monday, the Braves could be World Series champions. Could, you know? Oh, they, man, I, it was it was crazy being in interviews last night. Like we were in the middle of player interviews as the Braves were hitting back to back jacks to to take the lead and then hold on to it. We were like, some of us in the press box were like, kind of looking around like at other people's screens to see what was going on in certain spots, and then. The top of the ninth inning all the interviews are over and so we, they put the the you know the SID staff for Auburn did uh did a very very cool thing by just changing it to the Braves game for us and uh, as I tweeted Jordan Hill and I uh, high five so hard that our hands were stinging like 15 minutes later it was it was forceful even on the TV
1: um, you could tell there were times that there were Auburn fans keeping up with the Braves game
0: yes 100 percent. A lot of Braves hats and stuff like that in the in the crowd on, uh, uh, on Saturday night, which makes sense.
1: Pivoting yeah. ever so slightly, best thing you saw from the scrimmage was what? Best thing you saw from the Auburn football win was what?
0: Best thing I saw from the Auburn basketball scrimmage was, if it's not Jabari Smith playing basketball, just period, just watching him play basketball— it was Devin Cambridge trying to bring Auburn <laughs> Arena to its knees by trying to jump over Bruce Wendell and uh, Alan Flanagan on it in a dunk. By the way, Chandler Leopard in the dunk contest uh, it was just a head to head, and he won. You know, had a lot to do with the fact that Devin went for the throat on two on two of his dunks and missed them. But uh, Leopard had some really cool dunks. Uh, you know, shout out to him. That guy can fly. Um, which is not what you would expect for, for a walk on like him, but I would say that is the, that is the big, that is the big thing for me, uh, from the Auburn football game, best thing I saw, um, serious answer, serious answer, Auburn's fourth down defense. I mean, that's a, that's who that is a, that is a defense that, um, bends and doesn't break more often than not and that you know if all else like if you had if you could do whatever you want just be dominant like george's defense right well you know george has been george built up to this uh it's been uh, you know they've been building are six
1: of kirby smart with his elite recruiting it's not like this just happened overnight
0: but I think if you can be a good bend don't break defense in modern college football against offenses like Ole Miss, you can you can 20 put twenty points good against
1: one of the best offenses in the country. You've got a ch- at that point, it's just like offense. You just got to be competent.
0: Uh, best thing I saw from the Auburn football game, they had the Welch's fruit snacks in the in the in the press box. Those things are good, man. <laughs> Those things are good. We had a when I was at Sporting News interning uh, my last year of college. Uh, the vending machine at the office in Charlotte had like the giant bags of those, and I, when I work night shift, I would like need a little need a little boost, you know, at one thirty in the morning. Um, that uh, you know, that that pulled me through. So that was that was that was good to see. I
1: think I fall on Jake Weiss's side here.
0: Yeah, so Jake Weiss was trying to start a fight with me in the press box. If you saw any tweets about fights in the press box, it was me and Jake. It was real. Was, Don't let Ferg downplay it. He was, he was uh, making fun of me for my stance on on Welch's Fruit Snacks. They're perfectly and...
1: fine. They're a fine snack, for
0: Yeah. I just, he was like, oh, the candy's better. And I was like, oh, it's Halloween. Like, you know, candy's everywhere. Uh, fruit snacks, though, aren't necessarily everything you get. You know, you don't get that all the time. So I appreciated it. Jake knows it's on site next time I see him. That'll do it, I think. Any more, any more, any more comments you want to make, Painter, other than Fruit Snacks and Jabari Smith? Jabari Smith was good gracious. And and it's funny because I think Wendell Green played extremely well and Walker Kessler played well and, like, a lot of other dudes played well on offense. And I was just like, yeah, I just don't know what you're going to do with Jabari. Like, he's just – he's that good. He is that good. Like, he's going to have some games probably where he struggles or, like, hey, welcome to college basketball, kid, kind of moments. But, like, I don't think there's a way you can overhype him other than if you say he's definitely going to be the best player in America and the number one overall draft pick. Then it's like (laughs) – well that one might be a stretch, but if you want to have somewhat realistic expectations, I don't I don't know. I don't know where you go well, with no that. That's
1: no fun. I mean goodness. We already know this is no. the best team in the world.
0: They might as right. well be the you, best player you, in the country. Yeah, as you as you've as you've clearly defined. All right. Appreciate you guys listening. As you said, AuburnObserver.com, six dollars a month, sixty dollars a year. Join the inner circle. It's a lot of fun. We have fun there. Uh, you can get the film room uh, tomorrow on Monday uh, from the Auburn Ole Miss Game. Uh, more coverage throughout the week as we get closer to the start of Auburn basketball season and the Auburn Texas A&M game, another big one. Only way you can hear our premium podcast is if you become a subscriber. That'll come out on Thursday. Um, I was going to say something else profound there, but I don't have it. It slipped my mind. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting and uh, telling your friends about it, uh, because this has been a it's been a fun little stretch here. That'll do it for me. Painter, your final thoughts.
1: May the wind always be at your back and the sun always upon your face. And may the wings of destiny carry you aloft to dance with the stars. This is
0: how we do it.